So hi. Hi, I haven't Hello. seen you. In a, Through in the a virtual virtual world or whatever. Yeah, what what was the last one was the, I don't even remember I, the last time uh, we recorded. The first, no? Was it the f- it might have been the first. I don't know, it's been a I, fucking time. It's been a it's things have happened, I guess. So many like, so many things. Kevin does have covid, so that's unfortunate. Bless the he's sweet doing boy. Okay. Yeah, he's doing okay. Um, he didn't have it as bad as he de- nowhere close to as bad as you had it. Ha so. ha ha ha. That's a great thing to brag about. I covid. <laughs> Um, yeah, so <laughs> I feel bad for saying that now. It's fine. Uh, okay. He, um, so I have officially, I don't know, would you call it three times I have dodged COVID? Cause yeah. like I was also hanging out with the person he caught it from yep. and I didn't catch it and he's yeah. my roommate now. I didn't catch it from him. Well, I'm getting officially tested tomorrow, but yeah. I feel fine. Yeah. You, you don't have any of the, the sickness symptoms. So I think you're fine. Mm-hmm. Fingers okay. crossed. But I mean, I'm, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna go and I'm gonna go anyways to get tested just to be safe. Because that's what um, you should always do, children. You, if yes, none of you know, always. Oh, even if you feel fine, just it doesn't. Just take it up the nose. Just, just relax. It'll be over quick. <laughs> just relax the nose. <laughs> ease it in. It's fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Just the tip. Oh, that was fucking weird. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I've been stuck in my house. I'm sorry. I, that got weird. I've been stuck in the house for two weeks. I'm not sorry, weeks. bitch. <laughs> I've been stuck in this house for like. Too long. Since, yeah, too long. It's It'll probably be two weeks by the time this is over and done with, Easy. honestly. So, tell me tell me what yeah. the um, outdoors... Oh, what, what's, what's it like in society right now uh, since I can't go out in it? It's hell. It's absolute hell. <laughs> so at least retail is hell. Um, has, so, it, has it gotten worse since, yes. like, you know, the little trumpets have invaded the capital? Oh, it's gotten a hell of a lot worse, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Um, so, everybody knows that I work in retail, right? I work in an outdoor store, so I interact with a lot of the the good old Southern people that got to buy their guns and protect their land, you know? Yeah, Um, it doesn't help that you're working in an outdoor store in in the the middle of godforsaken Tennessee. Yeah, so, I mean, there's that. Uh, Well, you know, we have our our normal people. I don't know how, if anybody really knows, uh, we're having an ammunition shortage in the U.S. right now um, because everybody, all the preppers are freaking out and buying everything everything even if they don't need it they're buying it so that's like the normal stuff i deal with is people pissed off that we don't have ammunition well the new thing um i had a a guy come up he was doing a return um in our like company the policy is it's returned however you paid for it right so the guy Uh paid with his debit card and you know we told him ahead of time hey you know it's going to return how have you paid for it and he was like oh well, how fast? And of course, banks take three to five days to process returns. That's just how it's it a is. Bank. That's right. how everything is with a bank. That's right. like fucking standard. Like yeah, hundred percent. So he could not grasp that. This poor fella, and <laughs> <laughs> he could not okay. understand. I told him three or four different ways. I felt bad, but uh, he he got real upset. And then he this was uh, I want to say the eighth. So it was you know two days after what happened at the Capitol. Uh-huh. And he pops off with, well, what if the grid goes down? I'm never going to get my money back. Bruh, if the grid goes down, <laughs> your fucking money is useless. You- oh, my God. I know. Which, I mean, me being, like, I was already frustrated with the guy. And I was like, yeah, you're not. What? I mean, and he goes, yeah, that's why I want the cash. Just give it to me in cash. And I looked. Your cash and it was, is still useless. Right? I was like, bud. And I mean, like, it was $100. So, like, I get the frustration. But I was like, man. If the grid goes down, you're going to need a lot more than $100. I don't understand. <laughs> and he looked so fucking mad. 
And I, I realized I was like, oh, no, I shouldn't have said that. But then he said something else smart. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, it's it's what was it? it was like a Friday. I was like, well, it's Friday at two o'clock. I guess you better head over to the bank and clear out your accounts just in case because you're going to need the cash. Oh, my God. Oh, man. People are wild right now, y'all. This they're, shit that they're saying. It's it's a mess. It's a mess. It's, yeah, I just, I don't even want to be out in society right now. So no. I feel so bad for you because I don't, yeah. I don't want to hear it because my dad, I, after yeah. I saw that, that whole capital thing, I didn't yeah. want to call my dad because he yep. voted. Right. So, yep. <laughs> not, not, for, not for Biden. <laughs> so uh-huh. when he called me. I was like, oh no, like, oh no, please, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have this conversation. Like, this is so awkward. Like, what do you, anyway, he was like, have you seen it? I'm like, yep, don't want to talk about it. Okay, thanks. Yeah, just, he's like, that's not how we get the point across. I'm like, you're right. You're You're absolutely right. Congratulations. So, yeah, I'm so sorry that it took something like that for you to realize, but you know, yeah. So, just, I don't like, It's gotten so bad that the, like, we have these little, like, huddle meetings in the morning before we open uh, just to talk about, like, how the day is going, what we're expecting to do, whatever. And the the manager was talking to everybody and, like, he finished up his little spiel and then he stopped and he went, actually, there's one more thing. And we were all like, okay, that's weird. And he goes, don't talk politics with anybody. He was like, I don't care what your opinion is. I don't care what their opinion is. Don't talk politics because when you're here, you represent the company. So just don't do it. And I'm being the asshole that so I am. So spicy right now. Oh my god, what I did raised, you do? <laughs> I what the my fuck? Hand. Did I was you? like, hey, I got a question, and he goes, yeah, because he knew I was going to say something smart. I was like, well, what about when they just won't shut up because we never try to talk to them. They just yell, will yell their opinions. And he was like, just say okay and move on. I was like, okay. We'll try it. And that he was the day. The, yeah, that was the day uh, that the fellow was like, what if the grid goes down? <laughs> uh, I am stupid. It's a fucking Holy trip. Jesus. So that's the new joke. Anything that goes wrong, what if the grid goes down? What so. if the grid goes down? Yeah. Our podcast is going to be useless if our grid goes down. Like, Oh, shit. What if the grid goes <sighs> down? It's going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy said it like that, but like completely serious. It was, it was a trip poor yeah oh. poor little my mom went on like a like a whole what if the grid goes mm-hmm. down trip i'm like no oh, no absolutely no absolutely not like, everybody's gonna stop. die it's yeah whatever. i had to tell her to, to stop watching those youtube channels i'm like no 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 because she's like it. you know yeah because she's like do you think i'm like no i don't nope. actually <laughs> i don't stop. i don't think about it thanks i'm good so here we are okay oh, but well, you want to know what i do think about though what alien stories <gasps> Perfect. You want to do it? Yeah. You got Are you that ready to do it to it? girl? You ready to do it? I do. I actually Ooh. made sure I had it before I started recording. How you know? It's never. It's not like we haven't done this 20 times. 23 times. Holy 24 shit. times. Holy 24. shit. 24. That's a lot of we times. Had this, we had the special. We had the Halloween special. Oh, yeah, right. Damn. Okay, you ready? What do you want? Uh, Booty. Booty for this season. <sighs> booty oh. cheeks. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The loud noise oh. you heard was uh, the quarter hitting it hit, Katie's glass it, it, desk. It hit my glass table. Where <laughs> the f- 
Where did it go? Okay. Okay. You know what? 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 I don't know where it went. Well, this is uncomfortable intermission time. You're gonna you're gonna hear you're gonna hear awkward yelling for a second. Oh, you're that sounds hear, great. You're gonna commentate you're gonna hear me, me hear like talking about her yelling. She's hunting for the quarter. Here we see Acadia in her natural habitat in her room, yelling, fighting, fighting to find it. Success! Let's go back in and edit that a little bit, but okay. You're gonna listen and you're gonna fucking cry. I'm gonna just gonna leave it in. (laughs) You might. Oh shit. You might. Okay. Alright, I got the quarter. It It was okay. It just What was it? So oh fuck, I gotta No, I didn't even look. (laughs) It was so, fuck, I didn't even look. I hate everything. I gotta flip it again. You're doing great. Don't hit your desk. Ooh. Fuck, it landed on, uh, wait, ta- Tails is booty. You go first. Yes. Ooh. You go first. I never get so, to go first. Tell the booty me. didn't let me down. Yeah, I know. That never. Okay, tell me, Zoe Knowlton, as I get comfortable in my chair, what okay. your topic is today. And we're so. doing an alien episode, so tell me. Yeah, if, if you can figure out by the aliens and our theme music that we just made up. Uh, this week <laughs> is aliens. So I'm covering probably the biggest story that I think anybody who, even if they don't give a shit about conspiracies or aliens, has probably heard of. The Roswell incident. Can I Can I just say? Yeah. I was going to do the Roswell incident as like the first episode. And yeah. I started and I was like, absolutely the fuck not I am doing this. So yep. I was like, you know what? If Zoe wants to cover it fantastic let her have at it because there was so much shit i was like no there's so much and i don't even feel like i did as much as i could have and i still have six pages when you when i saw it that you had like four text and like Mm -hmm. two pictures i was like she didn't do that much research no it's pretty light (laughs) all things considered because there's so like i might do a part two where we go like more in depth on things uh-huh. Because this is it. It feels very light, and I still there, there's so much in it. But so you want to you want to make this a part one? Sure, works for me actually. Okay. Part one, part one of Ooh. the Roswell incident. Do do. Don't hold you to that. Works so for we me. Bo- we both now have a part two. We have to finish. <laughs> what have I done to myself? All right. <laughs> okay. So in the beginning, let's set the scene here. Tell me, because I so. I only know very limited about this, so I'm actually interested to see what you. Ooh. 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 So first yeah. question: Do you know who Orson Welles is? The name sounds familiar. But he not. wrote The War of the Worlds. Does that ring a bell? A, yeah, that book with the the, the Tom Cruise movie. Uh yes, but okay. like I'm thinking like before that, like 1938. Before that. Oh 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 no no no. Okay, no. so. He wrote uh, the science fiction novel, The the War of the Worlds, and in October 30th of 1938, Mm -hmm. it was, they broadcasted it into a radio show. So they had, like, actors and, like, the whole nine yards, and this was before cable television, right? Ah, that's really cool. Everybody was all about, like, getting around the the radio and listening Mm -hmm. to whatever was on, because that was, like, your thing, what you did in the evening. So they had this eight o'clock prime time fucking spot for this right mm-hmm. so they started out and orson wells is hosting and he tells everybody in that first like 12 to 15 minutes what it is and then it's going to be like a dramatic enactment of a news report of the invasion of earth by martians amazing yes so he's like this is what's gonna happen and it's just a solid radio show the rest of the time. So this is the narrative of what's going to happen. So okay. unfortunately, on that evening, October 30th, 1938, there was a really like popular show on a different channel 
that people had been watching and the program ended at 8 12 okay everybody was like okay whoever like whatever was on after that they were like that's stupid let's flip around ended up on the war of the worlds and lost their shit because they didn't hear the intro (laughs) oh my fucking god yeah so they legitimately were like oh fuck we're getting invaded by martians holy shit and that's how w- was it the was it the first episode? Yes, it was. <laughs> the very first time. And like the whole thing starts out with a, a news reporter talking about like they're going over this singer and they've got like her singing in the background and it's all cool and then it cuts like a news broadcast like within the show, like the show. So it's a show within oh, the show and it goes over like uh mars is like there are explosions on mars something is happening and then it cuts back to the radio show like the the musical part of the radio show and Mm -hmm. then a couple minutes later it cuts back to oh no something has landed in new jersey things are crawling out of it there's tentacles like it's crazy you can't do that to people in the 1930s i mean they fucking did oh my god (laughs) so it people lost their minds because they came in late had no idea what was happening so freaked everybody the fuck out right okay so that broadcast brought the idea of extraterrestrial beings into popular like opinion everybody's everyday life right oh wow okay so people knew what aliens were if they weren't science fiction fans so fun facts oh so that was just like a that's how yeah everyone now knows setting the time okay okay so now we're going into july of 1947 is where our story really begins so William Brazel is a farm worker on the J.B. Foster ranch. Um, he found a few different clusters of like strange looking debris. that were like mm-hmm. 30 miles north of Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, it was the morning after a particularly powerful storm the night before. And he called it a, quote, large area of bright wreckage made up of rubble strips, tin foil, rather tough paper and sticks. That's weird. Yeah, and that like a weird... That's a weird combination of things yeah. to find in a, in a wreckage area. That's kind of what I thought. And even then, like, how big was this wreckage? Like, when you say wreckage, it implies something very large. So it, I don't know. Right. Like, if a, if a, like a little kite went down, you yeah. wouldn't call it a wreckage. No. So how big did it have to be to be a wreckage is my question. So he didn't really pay any attention to it at the time, which is another thing that kind of freaks me out because wreckage, not paying attention to it, I would immediately assume, oh, somebody's dead in wreckage. Let's go figure it out. Apparently the fuck not. He didn't care. So he left it for later and then later in the (laughs) evening returned with his wife, his son and his daughter to like gather up some of the materials to take home because that's what you do. Yeah. Because you just touch the things that you don't know. Yeah. I mean, is that what everybody does? Like, oh, it glows. Let's pick it up. Let's. Poke it with the stick. Yeah, just touch it. It's fine. So a few days later, he heard people talking about some flying discs and wondered maybe that was from, like, maybe the material he collected was connected to that in some way. Mm Mm-hmm. So people had been making, like, he started hearing crazy wild claims that people saw some sort of a flying aircraft in the sky that was on fire, split into two separate pieces, and crash in two separate fields. Other people were even saying that there were bodies of some sort pulled out of the mangled aircraft and taken away in military vehicles. Oh, yeah. Area 51. I mean, it's in New Mexico. Pretty close. So then on July 7th, 
So the next day, Brazel ended up seeing Sheriff Wilcox. Like he drove to Roswell because he lives outside on a farm. He drove to Roswell and found Sheriff Wilcox and mentioned the material and saying he may have found a flying disc, maybe pieces of it. Not Mm -hmm. really sure. So Wilcox immediately contacted the Roswell Army Airfield, which I will henceforth call RAAF because it's way faster. (laughs) (laughs) He contacted Major Jesse Marcel, who brought Colonel Sheridan Cavat and Master Sergeant Bill Rickett to the ranch with him. Oh, shit. Yeah, so big high up military. That's it. Yep, that's... um. They don't call the master sergeant when it's a fucking weather balloon. Fuck off. Okay. What? No, yeah. What did I just say? Weird. Mm. Okay. Hmm. So Marcel says, we spent a couple of hours Monday afternoon looking for any more parts of the weather device. We found a few more patches of tinfoil and rubber laying around. So they spent the rest of Monday hunting and picking up pieces. It wasn't strange if it's just a weather balloon. Why would a master sergeant be wasting his time picking up tinfoil and rubber? That's for the grunts to do, isn't it? Like, why would he be in the field picking shit up? Anyway, this this is the, you're going to get that commentary yeah. the whole time. Get used to it, y'all. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the next day on July 8th, RAF Public Information Officer Walter Halt issued a press release stating that personnel from the 509th Operations Group had recovered a flying disc which crashed on a ranch near Roswell. So that was the first time they made a public statement. They said flying disc was uh, discovered. Oh, oh, shit. That's it. Oh, shit. One. Okay. The story was immediately picked up by numerous different news outlets, which makes sense, right? Yeah. (laughs) So here it reads. Here's like a little excerpt from one that I found. The many rumors regarding the flying disc became a reality yesterday when the intelligence office of the 509th Bomb Group of 80th Air Force Roswell Army Airfield was fortunate enough to gain possession of a disc through cooperation with one of the local ranchers in the sheriff's office of Chavs County. The flying object landed on a ranch near Roswell sometime last week. Not having phone facilities, the rancher stored the disc until such a time as he was able to contact the sheriff's office, who in turn notified Major Jesse A. Marcel of the 509th Bomb Group Intelligence Office. Action was immediately taken and the disc was picked up at the rancher's home. It was inspected at the Roswell Army Airfield and subsequently loaned uh, by Major Marcel to higher headquarters. So that was a news report immediately following. Okay. Okay. So the Army has said it was a flying disc. And now news outlets are saying it was a flying disc. Moving on. A textlet, which was basically a telegraph text system that used telephone lines instead of telephones. Okay. Fun, fun fact, because I didn't know what it was. I was like, what's a textlet? Textlex or whatever. It's like a it's like a text message, mm-hmm. but on like phone lines. Crazy. Yeah. It's weird. Cool. So one of those was sent to the FBI office from the fourth word. Fourth word. Words are hard. And we're I believe so you. hard. Fort Worth. <laughs> I'm also running on like three hours of sleep. So I believe in you. Uh, so from the Fort Worth, Texas office, quoted a major of the 80th Air Force, which was also the base, which was also based in Fort Worth on July 8th, which said, quote, the disc is hexagonal in shape and was suspended from a balloon by a cable, which the balloon was approximately 20 feet in diameter. 
Major Curtin further advises that the object found resembles a high-altitude weather balloon with a radar reflector, but the telephonic conversation between their office and the right field had not, unintelligible, borne out this belief. So that was the next report. so So what does that mean? What does that mean? So that means he's just saying, yeah, it was a weather balloon. That's what they always say. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. Okay. That's where, that's where this trope comes from. Ha, 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 ha. So, Colonel William H. Blanchard, commanding officer of the 509th, contacted General Roger Ram, Ramy. thought it was Ramsey. Nope. Ramy. Ramy. Of cool. the 80th Air Force in Fort Worth, Texas. And Ramy ordered the object be flown to Fort Worth Army Airfield. So, where it was being held, they were like, no, 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 I want to see it. Bring it here. If it was a weather balloon, mm-hmm. it would it would have been like throw it in the trash. Yeah, it would have been like, oh, it's a weather balloon, big fucking deal. Apparently not. Nope. At the base, Warrant Officer Irving Newton confirmed Ramsey's idea that the object was a balloon and its quote unquote kite, which was a nickname for radar reflectors used to track balloons from the ground. So I will later on say something about a kite. That's what I mean. Okay. So it's a weather balloon, is what this guy says. Hundred percent a weather balloon. Mm, X for doubt. Yeah. Uh, The military at that point decided to conceal the purpose of the device, which they say later on was a nuclear test monitor for the Russians. So at this point in time, they don't want to give that information to the public. That comes later. So they say, oh, no, 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 no. It was just a weather balloon. That's all it was. So the first time they said it's a flying saucer. Now, General Ramy holds a press conference and features the debris, so he shows pictures of it, and he's like, hey, it's just a weather balloon. Not a big deal. So mm. the mm. second time they say, nah, it's just a weather balloon. <sighs> so historian Robert Goldberg wrote about this incident and said that the intended effect was achieved, and the people, immediately the story died the next day. So all it took was that general standing up and saying, oh, no, it was just a routine weather balloon that got knocked out by the storm. That's all it was. I'm calling bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm calling bullshit. How strange. <laughs> Why would they say it was a flying disc and then immediately say, oh, no, it's a weather balloon. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <sighs> so this story passed out of the limelight for the next 30 years. So Damn. Yeah. Okay. All right. There were people that were, of course, skeptical of the military's change in story, but not enough to actually investigate it or, like, invest any more time into it. Okay. So that's, that's kind of so t- wild. So tell me what happens. So tell me. So, the idea of this I just put in for another fun fact. The idea of extraterrestrial existence was actually popularized during the golden age of science fiction, which was during the 1950s. So, this is when people started like going wild for any yeah, science fiction. There was also like that whole like early 50s where mm-hmm. there was like a couple of days where there was just nonstop UFO reportings and the Mothman. <laughs> Maybe the Mothman is a herald for the UFOs. <gasps> Herald of Doom. Herald the UFOs. of UFOs. <laughs> UFOs. Oh, that's how you pronounce UFOs. Thank you. UFO. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm funny. Mm. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So anybody that wasn't involved in the golden age of science fiction at least knew what science fiction was at this point and knew, okay, aliens, whatever, anything that's not from Earth, okay, science fiction, I get it. So anybody who didn't know before knows now. Many UFO researchers were trying to pick apart the military's stories at this point. So between the two different, the change in the stories, 
eyewitness accounts, people saying that, no, 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 there were bodies pulled out. There were three bodies that people saw that got pulled out of the wreckage. There were, you know, the, the two different crash sites, not just the one. What about the other crash site? So they were very right, untrusting. It was, supposed, it was supposed to be like the UFO split in half, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, something happened to it. It got hit by lightning or something. It was on fire in the sky, split into two pieces and crashed in two different fields. Okay, okay. We only know about the one field. So where the fuck is the rest of it? It's another thing. But... Okay. Oh. So then, in 1994. Oh, here, wow. Here, here it comes. Here it comes. You ready? Freedom of Information yes. Act. Yes. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. So the Air Force releases a report in which they admitted the weather balloon story was garbage. <gasps> yeah. They claimed that the wreckage had come from a spy device that they had created and it was a recently declassified project called Project Mogul. Have you heard about this? No. Okay. So Project Mogul, in that they used the weather balloon, which it was a weather balloon, is what they say. And mm-hmm. the kite that I mentioned earlier that was attached to the balloon, um, it was actually used for detecting sound waves at a stealth distance. So the weather balloon would stay up in the sky, up above the uh, cloud cover. And then right. it was so far away, unless you were, like, perfectly aimed at it, you wouldn't see it. Right. So they just used that to spy on Soviets. Uh, the USSR. Over, over Mexico. Uh, yeah. Weird, huh? No. That's. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So. W- what did they What did they say that the sonar pick? I, 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 I actually have some background in this, yeah. so I could actually weigh in on this. What the fuck were they saying that they were measuring with the kite? Yes. So they said that it would detect sound waves at a stealth distance, and they were using it to try and find out about Soviet atomic bomb testing. So um, the reason that it was in New Mexico is because that was the like that was the place that the Air Force had been doing tests for their own atomic bombs. Right. Was out there, and then they had um, that Air Force base. That's where they supposedly launched it from. Right. Which I don't personally believe. It would have been in Alaska. Yeah. Because so. they have a base in Alaska that has a... If I remember correctly, in Alaska, they do have... Now, at least, it was mm-hmm. not back in, like, the 50s. They have a like a little satellite. I don't say little. It's fucking massive. Yeah, that does listen for shit. Yeah. Right. So something that they're describing the size of a kite... Could not pick up sound in fucking Russia. That's bullshit. So they say kite. These weather balloons are fucking massive. But like how massive? Because they have to be huge. Let me head forward a little bit my notes and tell you the size. Maybe. Maybe I can find it. Here it is. 657 feet from tip to tip. Oh. Oh. Okay. All right. Huge. Okay. So that might actually be big enough mm-hmm. yeah well well that was okay. that was the kite device was 600 and however many feet right 657 for tit to tail um the project mogul device is specifically were that size and then they were okay. attached to a big old balloon that would like float but i really feel like if something was 657 feet across you would see that shit that's huge that's yes. massive and that would be a big old wreckage wouldn't it that would be, yeah, bigger. Uh-huh. That would be much larger than what was described. Because uh, there was one point in uh, an interview before the gentleman who discovered it gave it over. He said that it was probably about like 20 feet 
was the section of stuff that he had like rolled up and taken with him. Twenty feet. That's that's much and why they smaller. pull why they why are they pulling bodies out of a out of a kite? Like why are they right? weird? Weird. How no, strange. I'm calling bullshit. Nah, I, that, bullshit. I would, and that would be in Alaska if they were to deploy it, right. not New Mexico. Correct. So. I do have pictures in my notes for those of you that are Patreon members of the actual declassified project mogul, like what it looks like. I would say that this probably isn't project mogul, but that's what the government says at this point. So Mm. press release number one, it's a flying disc. Number two, ah, it's just a weather balloon. Number three, ah, actually it was, uh, we were spying on the Russians. Our bad. So. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) So then in the early... So in the early 1900s, which is where we're at, because that was in 94, UFO mm-hmm. researchers such as Stanton T. Friedman, William Moore, Carl, ugh, I'm going to fuck up his name. Sorry, Carl. Do it. <laughs> Flock. <gasps> it's P-F-L-O-C. Flock. 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 Yep. Flock, probably. I like Flock. That works for me. And then a team, the, the team of Kevin Randall and Donald Schmidt interviewed several hundred people who claimed to have connections to sightings of the events in Roswell in the 1947 like time. Um, Damn. And after speaking to those like hundreds of people, their conclusions were at least one alien spacecraft crashed near Roswell, alien bodies had been removed, and that the government had covered it up. That Sounds was good to me. Distinction. Decision? Yeah, distinction? Yeah, because when you interview people who don't even, like, know each other and it's all of a sudden, like, these two people are saying, mm-hmm. yeah, there were bodies, then I've believed Not random so strangers good. on the street before I will ever believe the government. Especially That's your military. southern heritage you don't have. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did I just? <laughs> well, I mean. I was going to say asterisks the when they shit. say it's. No, I was going to say <laughs> asterisks when they say it's a weather balloon. Don't believe that shit. Okay. All right. Fair. Fair. I, That's, I that was a, it's not a weather yeah, balloon. Yeah. Okay. No. So this, some of this story is supported by a mortician named Glenn Davis, or excuse me, Glenn Dennis, who was interviewed by Stanton Friedman in 1989. Mm-hmm. Or he reported that he received a series of phone inquiries from the air base on an afternoon in July on 1947. The questions after, he received... After the interviews, right? After the discovery of the wreckage is when these phone calls are taking place. Okay, so, okay, okay. Yeah, he's telling Stanton Friedman in 1989 when he was interviewed. Okay, oh, so... okay. Like, here's, here's a, a series of weird questions I received in 1947. So, the first one. What's the best way to handle small bodies... Second question, how do you preserve preserve bodies that have been exposed to the elements? Those were the What? Qu- those were the questions that this mortician was asked by the airbase. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh hell no. Small bodies? Hell the fuck no. Yep. So Dennis was very unnerved after these phone calls. Um because why the fuck are you asking? Number one. Right. Nineteen forty seven. What do you mean? Um so he ended up telling Friedman after that interaction uh, mm-hmm. that he had with the airbase person after those phone calls. He had a friend who he met up with that was a nurse at the Roswell Army Airfield. She was telling him after the phone call, he mentioned he had a weird phone call, didn't really know what was going on. That was really strange. And she goes, 
oh, let me tell you something even crazier. Mm. Excuse me? Ma'am? She walked into an exam room where doctors were bent over the bodies of three creatures. The creatures apparently resembled humans, but were very small, very small bodies. They had spindly arms and these giant bald heads. A little bit. Uh, She was able to draw pictures of them on a prescription pad for Dennis. And shortly after that discussion, the nurse actually left Roswell and plans were made for her to get in contact with Dennis once she was in another place and safe. Dennis has never heard from her again. Oh, no. There were rumors that she died in an airplane crash, but those were proven false. And Dennis hopes that she has overcome her, like, mental trauma from that happening and is off living a normal life today. Because the he never has contacted her because the plan was always for her to contact him. She never has. So he is not going to. Um, he refuses to tell anybody what her name is, too, to protect her. Good. Which Good for him. I appreciate. So when people questioned Dennis why he didn't speak out earlier about it, because it was 1989 before he said anything. He says it's because he was warned to keep quiet by the authorities. And yeah. I mean, you end up mm-hmm. like that girl. Like mm-hmm. I think I think she might have also gotten a little uh yoinked but, off the grid if you know what I mean. Yeah, her grid definitely went down. Um <laughs> is what I'm that was a little dark. Is what I think. Um yeah. personally, I'm hoping not, but I mean, personally that's kind of what I believe because otherwise like you need most people need someone to talk to about shit like that like if you experience something like crazy and fucking traumatic like you either trick yourself into thinking it never happened or you have to talk to somebody who also experienced it so that you can get the crazy out you know yes so yeah yeah. you gotta jive over the craziness yeah you gotta drive about some crazy you know what i mean yeah so he of course was like well People are going to always question what I have to say. He didn't want to come out because the authorities told him not to. Um, But he was so convinced that this happened and is so convinced that the government has covered something up in Roswell that he actually helped found the International UFO Museum and Research Center. Oh, wow. is based in Roswell. And he's quoted by saying, if people don't believe me, that's their problem. So (laughs) I like Dennis. He seems like a okay kind of guy. Yeah. So after pressure from the public and uh, quote unquote crazy conspiracy theorists, um, the Air Force released another report in 1977 stating that the alien bodies that were discovered or seen by a lot of people were actually life-size anthropomorphic test dummies. But they were small. Everyone said that they were small. Yeah, but they were life-sized, obviously. Yeah. So that's what they said in their 97 report, which also I have all of the reports linked in this article or this like, oh, thing. Oh, do you really? That's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Oh, you bet your booty. Uh, I, have, <laughs> I have everything. Uh, it's quite a lot, unfortunately. It's quite a lot. So here's, a, here's another compelling piece of evidence. I'm going to lead you on a journey. Are you ready? Yes, please take me down it's this a, rabbit hole. I'm like sold. Fucking ride. Okay, so a second report. I don't read that. I lost my bullet. Another compelling piece of evidence to come forward <laughs> was from Chicago videographer Adam Dew, like Mountain Dew. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what <laughs> the Dew boy had to say. 
So Dubois, in 2012, received a phone call from his former business partner, Joseph Beeson. And Joseph, when he called, said, I have something to show you. I need to meet you now. <laughs> so after meeting up with him, uh, Beeson showed Du a series of slides that had been found 14 years earlier by his sister, who'd been hired to dispose of the belongings of an elderly woman who'd passed away. So his sister found these photographs in the garage and just could not bring herself to throw them away because they were probably important to that lady. So she kept them for some fucking reason, put them in her closet, okay. forgot about them. Okay. Okay. You know, that's how life goes sometimes. You put that's things in the closet. You don't see it for 15 years. <laughs> so <laughs> Yikes. It's called spring cleaning, people. Apparently, it was a 15-year cleaning or something. Jesus. So 14 years later... When she was cleaning out our closet, she found the box and she projected the slides because they weren't like your typical photographs. They were slides. So she projected them onto her bedroom wall. There were vivid photograph, col like color photographs of Dwight Eisenhower on like a post-war victory train tour, like close the to him, not like far fuck? away. Okay. So that's a little strange. There were pictures of Bing Crosby close up and Clark Gable. There were photos of, like, European towns, so, like, probably vacation photos. So she assumed there's probably going to be some sort of historical significance because whoever took the photo was close to Eisenhower. So she sent them to her brother, Joseph Beeson, who worked in book publishing. So she was like, ah, mm -hmm. these are probably important. I'm going to send them to him. He can mess with it. So as do, I love that, do scrolled through the slides, he wondered who'd taking them because it must have been somebody important to be close to Eisenhower. As Beeson showed him more of the photographs, they got to, like, the bottom of the tin. Mm -hmm. And he pulls out a photo that is, or a photo plate that's wrapped in paper. And he unwraps the paper, and they put it up. And what he sees is a small, brown, withered body inside what appears to be a glass case. Oh, my fucking God. Uh -huh, I have a picture of that for you, too. I saw that on the nose. Ugh. It was like, uh, that's the first thing I saw when I opened it up. I was like, okay. So the body had withered arms, legs, and a large triangular, I can't say that fucking word, triangular skull with elongated eye sockets and a little tiny <laughs> sliver of a mouth, right? Disgusting. Yeah. So all Duke could think was that he was looking at the body of a fucking alien. Like, Hell 100%. yeah, he was. So, Du knew this would make an exceptional story, and he convinced Beeson to work with him on the story to develop it into a documentary. That was their plan. So, they learned about who the photos belonged to, and it was a woman named Hilda Blair Ray near uh, Sedona, Arizona, which was just a short eight-hour drive from Roswell. It's not short. Well, I mean, if you're in the military, here we are. it's short. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, convoy that shit. That's what my husband says. <laughs> whoop, whoop. So, Beeson contacted a man named Tom Carey, who was a retired Philadelphia businessman with two degrees in anthropology and had written books on Roswell. He emailed a scan of the photo to Carey, and as soon as Carey opened it up, he remembered a man named Dan Dwyer, who was a Roswell firefighter. He had told his children that he'd seen the bodies of aliens in Roswell. And when the children, like, pressed him about, hey, what does that mean? Like, what did they look like? His, like, their dad, all he would say is child of Earth. Is all he would say. The fuck? Right. 
What the fuck? Yeah, right. So at the time, Carrie, like, it stuck with him through years. At the time, Carrie just assumed that it was going to be um, a beetle, like a certain type of bug. Um, okay. Because uh, It's called a potato bug. I don't know if you've ever seen one. You can Google it. They're no. stupid. Gonna... I don't like bugs. Yep. Um, okay. He thought it was a reference to the potato bug who has, like, a little faint dark indentation in the center of their forehead. This bug in Spanish is called El Nino de la Terra, or Child of Earth in English. So he was like, eh, that's related. Obviously. I googled potato bug, uh-huh. and I got Jerusalem cricket. Yep, same thing. Okay, yep, cool. Same thing. So immediately as he was looking at this photo, he realizes this being, whatever it is, has a small, dark indentation in the center of its forehead, just like the bug. Oh my fucking god, what? So he was talking in like in like cryptic bullshit yeah. language this yeah. whole time, hoping somebody would understand what he was saying? Or he couldn't think of anything else to say, just it was so traumatic, it was child child of earth. It was a fucking bug. Either way, right? What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's pretty spooky and wild, and I don't really like it. So immediately they started to investigate the validity of the photo. So they took it off its little cardboard backing and took it to Kodiak because it was a, it was a Kodiak picture. So they took mm-hmm. it to their that headquarters in Rochester, New York, and the experts looked at it, told them all the slides were real, none of them had been tampered with, and they looked like they were from somewhere in between 1945 to 1950. Oh, which we there remember, we go. the Roswell incident was 47. Okay. So it fits in the time frame. So they ended up looking into Hilda Blair Ray's life. So she had a pilot's license. She worked as an attorney. She was the first woman to graduate with a law degree from Minnesota State University. Oh, wow. She um, ended up marrying a man named Bernard. And they ended up finding that Bernard and Hilda were close friends with the Eisenhowers. Mm -hmm. They figured this out because Hilda was friends with uh, Mammy was her name. Mamie Eisenhower. Okay. So that's how they were able to get so close to them to take a picture. So they ended up even showing the photo of the being to an old associate of Carrie's named Richard Doble, who noted that the figure had about half as many ribs as a human, no collarbone, and its arms attached at the top of the ribs. So, Ew. Uh, yeah. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it's kind of gross. So... He said, the more you look at it, the more you realize it's not from Earth, which is pretty gross. So do have... Oh, it does. Uh-huh. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, you freaked out yet? Good. Yeah, I'm freaked out. <laughs> so do had started to become more and more paranoid at this point. So he was 100% convinced and concerned, understandably, that powerful people were interested in the slides. He kept seeing the same white van parked in front of his house... Oh, fuck. And other places that he would visit. Um, So this van was following him around. So that's exciting. He finally decided that he was going to take this photo to Roswell and see if he could find somebody that was alive in 47. Or maybe their kids, something, right? So he uploads the pictures to his phone uh, or copies of it to his phone um, and then heads over to Roswell. He ended up tracking down a gentleman named... Elazar, that's a rough name, Elazar Bendavis, and said, like, showed it to him, and he was a veteran on the Air Force Base who claims to have seen the aliens that were on the Air Force Base. 
Oh, my God. So immediately he says, that's what I saw in 47. That's it. Oh, fucking shit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Holy shit. That one's yes. Good. Oh my god. So I'm actually I'm actually gonna take a second to pause here. So okay. we'll continue that story in a second. I found something else when in 1995 there was a video released from uh, I forget the guy's name. Uh, it was like a short little section, so I didn't put it in this one, but it's relevant. So I'm gonna tell you. Uh, it was a gentleman, an entrepreneur out of London, who had gotten a hold of a video that he said was an autopsy performed in Roswell. And it wasn't Excuse on me? A, Yeah, it wasn't on a person. It was on an alien. So he put that video out, and within 24 hours, people tore it the fuck apart. Uh, it was very grainy. It was very obviously fake, unfortunately. It was very uh. edited. Um, the guy to this day says, well, I had to recreate bits of it because the video was so bad. And it was so grainy and so awful. So, and but he won't pr- produce the original video. So, here we are. No. I just wanted to throw yeah. that out there. I didn't put it in my notes because it was just a small little thing. I don't even remember the guy's name, but um, that's relevant. So, tidbit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, with pressure mounting from the UFO community, pushing for the big reveal from these guys because they've been teasing it for years now as they're trying to find out more information about this photo and, like, what's in the photo and, like, talking to everybody that they can. Mm -hmm. The guys finally caved and released the photo ahead of the documentary they were working on. So they caved and did that. They told about the connection between the Eisenhowers and the original owner of the photo, um, several other things that they thought were their, like, quote-unquote smoking gun to, like, prove everything was true, right? Right. Unfortunately, the photo was... Under immediate scrutiny, absolutely the fucking second they put it out there. Oh, sure. The next day after they did that, the literal next morning, the photo was de-blurred because it was kind of a blurry photo. There was like yeah, a little placard underneath that had uh, some words on it that they couldn't make out because it was blurry. The photo was de-blurred using uh, a high-resolution software, Smart Deblur Pro. Widely available for free on the fucking internet. Okay. And these idiots never try that. So the little tag next to the body said mummified boy of two years old. Ah. Yeah. So further deblurring revealed the placard, um, another placard underneath that read at the time of burial, the body was clothed in cotton shirt. Burial wrappings consisted of these small cotton blankets loaned by Mr. Unreadable San Francisco, California. So they took a picture of, or they they thought that they had, you know, that picture, and it was actually just a a picture from a museum. I was sitting here the whole time. Yep. I told you I was going to lead you on a journey. (sighs) It looked so creepy, though. Yeah, it looks 100% convincing. It must have been yeah. like an inbred child, cause like yeah, it's it it definitely still does look deformed as mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but they ended up tracking down the gentleman that had found the body um, and had donated it or like loaned it to the museum. Um, so unfortunately, that that part was that's not it's not a thing. Uh, that does not, however, discredit the people who certainly saw something triggered um, into and yeah. seeing that image and remembering mm-hmm. oh yeah that's what i saw yeah and i mean it, it was could still, still yeah i mean it could still be 
that it just so happened that this skeleton reminded them so much of what they yes. saw triggered like 100 percent. yeah right so the gentlemen after discovering that their photo was bullshit uh were very very broken up because that that ruined any chance they had any credibility anything um yep. the ufo world actually mocked them for not doing their research properly and many thought that they had to it had to have been intentional like that's the only option because this software was so widely available like they would have had access to it it wasn't like it was just certain people in the industry had it it downloaded on the internet for free man like so whoosh whoosh yeah like they they topped like they they toppled from the very top echelon of like ufo research all the way the fuck out like they're gone yep so that's that sucks that's so Mm -hmm. awful you think that you fucking have like yeah like the tablets and shit and you're just like no you have fucking toilet paper yeah oh my god yeah so i can't speak to say if it was intentional on their part like intentional deception or um if they legitimately thought okay no like this is 100 percent real this is what it is because it of course it passed through kodiak because it's a real photo like it was just a a photo of a kid in a museum Uh. instead of a mummy like a like a mummified alien body on a slab so okay it's a little it's a little rough either way so my last couple things here I have, uh, we're almost done, everyone. Thanks for sitting with me for the first half of Roswell. Um, <laughs> there's so much. Uh, so Roger Lannis from the Smithsonian's National Air and Space Museum states, apparently it was better for the Air Force perspective that there was a crashed alien spacecraft out there instead of tell the truth. A flying saucer was easier to admit than Project Mogul. And he, of course, giggled when he said that. So we've since okay. learned that here's where I talk about the the size of the thing. Uh, so I have a picture in here of what the the Project Mogul thing looks like, and it really does look like a flying saucer, like that typical idea of what we think of when we say flying saucer, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. It's a little black and white photo from 1967. I think that's kind of cool, but also that's from 1967, not 1947. So that's 20 years later. Yeah, that's a little weird. That's a little strange. That's a little odd. That's about 20 years off. Mm-hmm. I just work here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that said, uh, what what that gentleman believes is, you know, whatever. Um, I don't think that the Air Force would intentionally say it's an alien spacecraft instead of just saying, oh, no, 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 it's a balloon. It has to be. It's just a weather balloon, man. Nothing to worry about. It's just a big old weather balloon. Why did right. they say flying disc the first time yeah why especially they should have known what it was yeah and i mean especially if it was a especially if it was a spy device right why would you bring more attention to it by saying oh it's something we've never seen before why wouldn't you just say oh it's a it's a balloon you should know what it is yeah because the master the master sergeant chief person was there he should definitely was fucking know. there yeah. Yeah. Should know what projects are going on. I'm called bullshit. Okay. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. But that is uh, the end of part one. Uh, please feel free cool. to come read my notes. Do the There's things. more? Yeah. There's more? Yeah. There's a lot need- more information. Doesn't, since they published Project Blue Book, mm-hmm. right? Should the Roswell incident be in it? It is. <gasps> it literally, all they say is that it's it's still, it was Project Mogul. 
That's all they say. They're um, still lying about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I could technically do a part two. Um, it would be I'll more just two. like stories about what happened, like what people say they saw. Uh, the military stuff hasn't changed. Um, I've looked into, I'll, I'll, I think I'll do like a little more conspiracy stuff the next time, maybe. Yes. Um, okay. That'd be that'd be pretty fun. So yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll save that. Um, okay. Because I've got a couple of different articles from um, the actual defense website. So yeah, because they they actually published it on their mm-hmm. website, which yeah. is wild. That's one. Of, that's one of my sources here that I have listed for everybody. Neat. So please okay. feel free to go read uh, the defense stuff. So cool. Yay. Good time. So you think it's bullshit? I also think it's bullshit. So it's such bullshit. Yeah. Like. Yep. Uh-uh, like, not so many people are like, no, no, like, mm-mm. there's bodies, like, there's things, there's too many people traumatized for it to not be what it was. 100%. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Okay. All right, what do you got, what do you got for us? Right on. So, before I start, <gasps> I was gasping for you to egg you on. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, it, it, like, I had, like, this whole, like, skit played out in my head, and your gasp just it was like, pop, <laughs> get wrecked. bubble of <laughs> everything you wanted to say. So, this is a part of our episode where if there was a new Patreon subscriber, we would give a shout out. But this week, we unfortunately did not have a Patreon subscriber. So, if you want to subscribe to our Patreon, do check us out, because I forgot to mention it in the pre-roll, at www.hauntheribarelyknowher.com. We. Slash. No, no, I got that backwards. At patreon.com slash haunt her, I barely know her. There we go. Not our actual website. You can visit our website. There is a link to our Patreon, though. Yeah. And some other cool stuff. And some other cool things. We have, like, a running list of all of our episodes, which is fun. Yeah. And about us. Yeah, like, you want to know who pictures we are. and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went and took pictures. That was fun. Yeah, that was great. So, if you're on Apple podcast not itunes if you're on apple podcast be sure to leave a review it helps us out tremendously and if you're on spotify be sure to smash that follow button get it and wherever else you're listening to us at be sure to do the thing please do the thing please please do the thing please yeah yay so i katie groves will have a shorter story it's a little shorter okay um it's a little it's a little more straightforward and I I I knew this story and I forgot said story until I found said story and I was like I'm doing this story. Tell me. So here we go. I'm excited. This is it has many names. It Ooh. has many names. Ooh. Um but more most predominantly it is known as the Kelly Hop- Hopkinsville encounter. I don't think I know this one. No, you don't. It's in Kentucky. We could go. We could check it out. I looked at it on the UFO tracker today. Like, mm-hmm. I saw it in Kentucky because it's, like, r- r- left-hand side, lower part, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I saw it, but I didn't look into it. You, okay, well, this is pretty pretty big. This It's straightforward. There's no, like, conspiracy behind it. It was just kind of like a clean cut. It happened, and oh. then nothing else. Uh, it wasn't, like, the Roswell incident. It was... But this one's... This one's fucking wild. This is probably one of my favorite stories, and I was cackling as I was doing the research. So I'm ready. This particular story takes place the night of August 21st, 1955. So what is this, like seven years after the Roswell incident? Holy shit. Yeah, it is. Yeah, dude. All right. So a large extended family living on the Sutton's, mm-hmm. S-U-T-T-O-N-S, Sutton's. Yeah farm in a rural town of kelly kentucky is where this takes place now when i say rural we're, we're talking like a house with like three bedrooms no running water no telephone no radio no no tv no books like it was like it was a good old kentucky family farm okay sounds right yeah the night of the incident there were a total of 11 people 
There were 11 people Damn. in this house when shit went down, okay? Eight adults, three children. Okay. So a family friend called Billy Ray Taylor, okay. who I will just refer to as Billy Ray, he's important, his wife came to visit one of the sons. So the head of the house was a widowed woman by the name of Glennie Sutton, okay. or, oh, what was her other, Lanksford is her other, she either, like some story said Sutton, some other story said Lanksford. So okay. Glennie is what we'll call her. She was 50. Her two sons and their wives a brother-in-law, and Glennie's three youngest children, 12, 10, and 7. Okay. Okay. So, eight adults, three children. That's so many people. So, it's a lot of people for this story. About 7 p.m. on a Sunday evening, Billy Ray was in the backyard collecting water when he says he saw a silvery object that looked real bright with an exhaust all the colors of the rainbow. The silver object moves silently over the house and drops straight to the ground in a field behind the house. So it kind of like disappeared mm-hmm. into like this gully. So like he, it went over. And of course, it's Kentucky, right? right. So it's like forests, fields, valleys, gullies, hollers. I was about to say, mountains. you're forgetting hollers, but you got it. I would never, I would never, ever with appreciate you, that. Never. So, so it, it, it apparently is a silver object, mm-hmm. right? A disc. And it, it was always described of, of having a rainbow exhaust, like, you know, okay. kind of like yeah. oil slick kind yeah. of. That weird, like, iridescent? Is that the right word? That's, yes, yes, is? yes. Okay. Iridescent. Okay. So at the same time that this was happening later, it is discovered that there were other reports of unidentified lights and objects in the sky by officials and residents oh. in the same area. So, like, cops, gross, other neighbors, like, everyone is seeing shit in the sky and no one knows what's going on. Okay. But at this particular farm, haha. Of course, he ran inside because he, he's, he also knows that other people, he... It, the other encounters that were happening in the earlier fifties mm-hmm. was also, you know, becoming more popular and whatnot. So he knows that the UFOs are becoming kind of a, a hit, right? Because mm-hmm. it's this is right about that time. So he runs inside, knowing he damn well saw a UFO, and he's going to tell everyone what uh, he saw. Yeah. But no one believes him. Hey, Mac, Mammy, get the get the shotgun. We got the aliens. <laughs> oh, oh, you have no idea. This is my favorite fucking story. I do. So, I'm from Tennessee. I know exactly what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so an hour later, uh-huh. after they he tells them they are like you're you're tripping, yeah. like you're crazy, like you know what you trip when you were going to get the water, like what's you've been going hitting on? that so, corn whiskey a little too hard there. Eh, you know? Is that is that moonshine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so an hour later about ish right mm-hmm. the 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 dogs start barking and okay. they will not stop right or what it was a dog a dog starts barking doesn't stop right some dog somewhere so, is doing some barking I, there's a dog it is doing something that it's not supposed to be he doing mad. He mad and billy ray and one of the sons lucky mm-hmm. sutton right the dog or the when kid they go to, no, no, a kid. One of the his friend that he was visiting. So Billy Ray's the friend okay. of this son. So one of the sons named Lucky. Oh. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So Billy Ray and Lucky go to the back door, right? And they see a strange glow coming from the woods-ish backyard area of their farm. Along with the glowing bullshit, they also spot a small humanoid-like creature. It was Ew. described as about three to four feet tall with an 
oversized head, almost perfectly round. Its arms extended almost to the ground. Ooh. Its hands had talons, and its oversized eyes glowed with a yellowish light. So it kind Ooh. of sounds like the same little creatures that were also in Roswell. Gross, isn't it? But they, since I guess they were alive and not dead, mm -hmm. their bodies also gave off a shimmer in the moonlight. As if it was, as they quoted, made out of a silver metal. So they, they are, their bodies glowed. Oh. So everywhere they went, there was a glow to these creatures. They also had pointy ears and their limbs kind of looked atrophied. Oh. And it appeared that they didn't walk, but hovered in a ghost-like manner as if they were swimming through air. So it, they got a clear, very clear, like, view of these creatures and it was for several hours as you're about to learn what you're, you're thinking scientifically that would mean that they're they were a, they're less dense than air or like they're telepathic they're okay yeah fair or they have like some metal that like hovers or like they're yeah. used to i have okay. no idea so. for some reason I my brain was like well obviously <laughs> they're less dense than our atmosphere because they're not carbon-based beings so that's what i I mean, no, no, that's that's a, that's a that's a good. We're we're, we're gonna give it a for effort that's a, that's of thinking. A, yeah, effort. Theory. I guess that's, that's a good scientific hypothesis. I think it's pretty good. Okay, I'll take it. I'll no take it. So, so of course, you know, the good old boys in Kentucky, they see something they don't understand or compromise. You know, you know, it's big old gun time. Maybe you get know the it's shotgun. gun time. So. I think it was like Billy Ray grabbed a 20 gauge and Lucky grabbed a 22 rifle. Yep. The men's the men fired at the little green men, the one man coming towards the mm -hmm. back door, right? They said that its hands were raised as if it was already being held at gunpoint. So Ugh. like its hands were like its little clay hands were up. It's little tail and fingers. I don't like that. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is my favorite fucking part. When they fired, they hit it, okay? Okay. They said it it would do like it would make like a ping, like it would like a bullet would hit a bucket, right? The, the creature would do a flip, like it got hit, do a and then would roll, and then would just scurry off into the darkness, I like hate that. like like collect itself and then just scurry off. Huh? Another another creature shortly thereafter appeared in one of the windows, and they fired straight through the fucking window screen. And of course, you hear the ping. It does a flip, and then it just floats the fuck off. It just runs off. Fuck no. How did they know it was a different one? What if they it was the said, same one? They said that they saw 12 to 15 different ones. Oh. So apparently there was a lot. Either there was a lot, or they were really convinced, or like it was moving that fast around. I hate that. That it was one or two, but they said 12 to 15 is like what they kind of gathered that there had to have been. Nope. Billy Ray steps out on the porch. Yep. Right? He's ready. And and he, right, so he's like trying to see, I guess, if there's anything else. Out there. I don't know why the fuck he steps out there. But everyone's watching him on the porch, right? So yeah. if you can imagine a, a, a country farm house, right? You have your porch, yeah. but there's like that awning over the porch. Yes. As he's out there on the porch with his, you know, gun looking for him and everyone's in the house watching... Everyone in the house sees a claw-like hand Ugh. come off of this roof and start touching his hair and, like, start grabbing it and shit. Everyone just loses their fucking minds, right? They grab Billy, 
pull him off the porch and Lucky just goes to fucking town and starts shooting. He says that he shot the roof where it was supposed to be on the roof. And then he said he saw another one in the trees and just started shooting in the trees. And once again, ping, flip, they start scurrying off, right? I hate that. So yeah. So there was 12 fuckers that just kept popping up in the windows, uh, popping up at the doors, and they they were basically playing the most horrifying game of whack-a-mole, and they were doing it for four hours. They yeah. were – they basically – they felt like they were in battle. I was going to ask you how long it was because that – Four hours. Whew. Four hours they were doing this shit. So they were basically hiding inside the house – any time that it would come up to the windows, they would shoot. Uh, they would just be terrified sitting somewhere, I guess, in the, like, um, I would assume, like, the middle portion of the house, yeah. just listening for anything spot. and anything. Right. And they could just hear, like, scratching on the roofs of the house. Yeah, as they skitter the fuck around. I don't like that. Right. Ugh. So, finally, at Ugh. 11 p.m., everyone makes a beeline for the cars and everyone jumps in a car and takes off for the hopkinsville hop hopkinsville there, there you go. go police station there we go so when they got there there's now 11 people mm-hmm. 11 people at 11 o'clock at night well probably a little after 11 because it probably took them a minute to get to the police station so probably about midnight there's 11 people eight grown-ass adults literally losing their minds saying that they have been in a like firing at these little green men for four hours right so they believed them they believed something was going on like they 100 believed that there was an issue because one of the investigators there was an investigator there apparently at the time took the heart rate of one of the sons and it was like 140 beats per minute so they're like okay you're not lying you're you're freaking out something happened so they the officials got a little worried because there was such heavy gunfire involved that they thought that there was like maybe an actual firefight because you know you're not going to believe little green men maybe yeah. they're shooting at something so four city police three deputy sheriffs five state police officers and four military police from fort campbell all converge on the farm it's just like fucking go time right of course they they don't find anything other than bullet holes through the windows and the screen door mm-hmm and they look for liquor because yeah. you've got to be drunk if you're going to come to the police station. But, of course, everybody uh, was sober. Right. And there was no liquor on the farm because um, Glenny, the matriarch, she does not allow liquor on the farm. So absolutely nobody nice. was drunk. Get it, girl. Right. So after the police did their investigations and found nothing, the family went home mm-hmm. and... At about 3.30 in the morning, the little green men came back. That's rude as fuck. Glenny said that she was in her bed mm-hmm. and she saw glowing outside of her bedroom window. And when she looked, one of the green men were up against the window with its little clawy hands on the window. And she hollered for her boys and they shot through that window. You're damn fucking right they did. <laughs> and hit the little green men. So Jesus. that they... <laughs> It, they, that kind of just like continued on a little bit towards the throughout the night but even the next morning it apparently kind of stopped around daybreak so the police investigators returned the next day looking for evidence you know footprints any weird types of blood or excrements whatever uh imprints from the saucer because they I, you know yeah. pointed out in the general direction of where it landed right 
anything to indicate that there was aliens and obviously there was nothing there was nothing yeah there was nothing nothing except the bullet holes in your house yeah Jesus. their house was peppered a local radio show employee showed up to the farm you know same next morning mm-hmm. and he separated everybody a talk talked to all of the adults and was like hey describe to me what these little creatures looked like yeah every single person described the little green men identically like just the same like nope everyone said it was like had a huge head bulbous eyes long creepy limbs ears short green glowed all the same right i hate it and uh i actually got most of this information from his the history channel website oh. so history.com you can actually look up the uh kelly Hop- hopkinsville incident and they actually have a really good report and they also have all the pictures that the uh radio employee dude oh. drew oh and they're they're pretty creepy yeah they're creepy that's gross <laughs> they're they're odd like they it, they have huge heads oh i can little, imagine yeah yeah so i would also be pretty fucking terrified gross if those things were coming towards my house so i'd be that was pretty terrified if anything was coming toward my house like ugh. yeah no. that's fair so that's why you don't get guns mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so so that was the event like that's kind of what happened nothing mm-hmm. else happened after that it was just that whole evening was just gunfire and horror right yeah the days following the event the story made national headlines and even the New York Times even commented oh, on wow. it because e- even when the police showed up the first night, a news reporter also was there with the police, which was crazy because that's also like at midnight. So it, during that time, so after everything happened, so like a couple days afterwards, hundreds of people were showing up to the farm to check it out because obviously this was yeah. the hype of US UFO time. So oh, everyone wanted yeah. to try and find, try and, you know, experience that as well, but also people showed up to ridicule the family because they were very very heavily accused of being drunks and alcoholics mm-hmm. like there's no way obviously they saw that blah 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 which if you have eight grown people saying that they saw something they're not gonna sabotage their whole reputation heck no for a hoax like for just a sh- like a for something they barely even capitalized on because people were showing up to the house to check it out but they couldn't get people to stop showing up right because people suck And they, yeah, they were charging admission, but they weren't, like, making hundreds off of it. Like, Mm -hmm. they were barely making anything from it. And they also got accused because they were doing that, that they were, it was a hoax. Like, oh, you only did that to capitalize on it. But they were just trying to, you know, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you can't get people to stop showing up, may as well make them pay you a couple dollars. Right. Like, you're going to come on my property, be buttholes, pay. So... Ten days after this happened, unfortunately, the whole family packed up and just moved. They couldn't handle it anymore. People were relentless, and it was apparently not a good time for them. Even definitely not. I read I read a a website where they don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. The family doesn't like to talk about it, and even the sons that uh, like were there mm-hmm. right don't didn't like tell their children because after so many years later one of the daughters so like it would be the granddaughter of that woman yeah uh she found out about it and asked her dad about it and so like they really don't talk about it that whole much because yeah. i guess they get such backlash from that whole incident and i'm sure it was super traumatizing oh, for sure yeah no because you're defending yourself in your house and then everybody's like 
That didn't happen. What's wrong with you? Why'd you shoot yeah. your house? Not no. because you're drunk. I No, that's not. I don't think eight adults would do that shit. No. So what the whole, you know, yours was a weather balloon, mm-hmm. right? So this story, a lot of people said that that evening there was a meteor that was going over. And that's what Billy Ray saw was a meteor, right? Because a meteor has a dust trail of rainbows mm-hmm. coming out of its butt. And also what a lot of people said that the little green men were, mm-hmm. were great horned owls. Because great horned owls are huge. They can be three feet big. They can be three three feet big. And they also have like, you know, like the like their yeah. ears, like their like little like Pointy bits. Weird ear. Yeah. yeah, they're pointy things on their heads, the eyebrow they're ear part. They're pointy horns. They're really big. Yeah. Hence why it's called the Great Horned Owl. So they, a lot of people who didn't believe was like, oh, you were just shooting at owls. Which is why because I owls the pink can sound be aggressive. every time you shot it. Ping, ping, and it would flip and float off. Yeah, because they fucking kept coming back and they're glowing and shit. So... That might be the reason which, uh, the movie The Fourth Kind... Is that the fourth? Yeah. Like where the bad thing is like an owl? Maybe that's where that came from. Maybe. I don't like it. Is that the movie that you guys had me watch yeah. and I totally believed it the whole time? Yep. And then Blake was like, it's real. And then you were like, no, it's not. And then Blake was like, damn it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the movie. That was a good movie. That scared the shit out of me. I know. It was great. But then I was like, she's too scared. I can't do this. I'm sorry. You guys are rude. So anyways. Yeah. We're assholes. That's- that's yeah, you guys are assholes. That's the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. Well, damn. Just a this a short, sweet little encounter, and it they just all dispersed after that, and they didn't want. I don't think they wanted anything else to do with that whole story, so they just abandoned ship on that one. Heck no, especially not after they made their house so holy. I wouldn't want to live there either. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know if you go there today. I do know in like 2010 they mm-hmm. started a like a party, like a. Not a party, not a party, a, like a ceremony, like a little festival. There we go. A festival uh-huh. of like celebrating the green men for that area. So they do still kind of like how they do the Mothman kind of thing, mm. but they do it for the little green men of, of Kentucky. Oh, well, that's new yeah. and interesting and not information that I knew. Let's go. Let's not go. What I'm time good. is the, when is the, the thing every year? I, I don't know. Probably like up. around when it happened in August. Ooh, see, perfect time fall spooky I'll be weather. I'll be in Virginia. I'll catch you later. Damn it. <laughs> well, I'll find a spooky haunted bullshit place in Virginia and drag you. It's fine. That's fine. Kay. That I can do. Good. Perfect. Sold. Cool. Anyways. Episode what? 23. Episode Holy 23 balls. Books. That's a lot. I never thought episodes. we'd be here. No, we're going to keep saying that for the rest of our lives. So, it's fine. I'm actually I, really I mean, stoked yeah, about like, it. It's like one more episode we thought we weren't going to do, but yeah. we're doing it. Woo. We're still trying to catch up from our COVID bullshit, but ha, here ha, we are. Ha. Everybody got the ha, COVID ha, ha. bullshit. Yep. I'm still dodging it, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yes. You need to just get that vaccine <laughs> so you don't ever have to dodge again. Yeah, please. Yeah. Please. That'd be nice. My anxiety. I'm ready. So if you like us and you enjoy us and want to hear maybe our sleepy, tired asses, talk some more on a podcast check Wait. us out on our website at www.hauntherbarelyknowher.com and you can also check us out on our social media websites with our handle h-h-i-b-k-h podcast on, on twitter or instagram and if you get on twitter you will get me Zoe, and if you go on instagram you'll get me i don't know why i yelled at y'all but you're welcome 
it, all, it gets it gets normalized in the okay, post processing. Damn it! So. I mean, yay! <laughs> so it doesn't blow out everyone's ears. That's actually pretty good. Yeah. See, Ooh, so you the can science just of- scream as loud as you want, but it will still be the same volume whenever they hear it. Convenient. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Okay. That's great. So, anyways, so we're gonna. I'm gonna. We're. I'm gonna. Okay. All right. Until next time, haunt her. I barely know her. <laughs> or her mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I guess I'm recording. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>